What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. This is episode 86. We are deep into season two. Uh, episode 86, shout out to Heinz Ward, a Pittsburgh Steeler legend. Um, you know, we're recording this on Monday, January 3rd, actually awaiting uh, a critical Monday night game between the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, but we'll talk about that um, down the road. Today, we're here to talk about a whole bunch of fun stuff, and joining me as he does, the one, the only, Jonathan Ryder. Johnny, how are you doing today, boss? I mean, I guess I'm here. <laughs> um, how are you, Chad? Man. Um, you know, I'm not much better, um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's what it is. I, I told you, this was a bad football weekend for the Lazy Boy QB's podcast. So, you know. Yeah. But, hey, we to be fair, to be fair, we've had a lot of up weekends where both of our teams have won. Um, I mean, you know, we had both won four consecutive games. You guys, obviously, longer than that coming into this week. So, um, you know, I don't feel like I have too much room to complain. So I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, keep my, my sorrows brief. But, um, boss, we got a lot to get into, Homer Corner, all that good stuff. How about this, man? Let's get some shout-outs out of the way, and maybe we can turn our emotions Turn, turn the corner real quick as we get into this episode. 757-305-786-336-301-954-561. Y'all deserve a shout out. Today is going to be the episode of The Pessimist, but oh, we salute man. you. Yeah, I was going to say, guys, I'm not going to lie. This is a very, very somber episode, pretty much. We're going to be talking about guys getting fired. We're talking about teams flopping. But before we talk about all that, boss, let's uh, a, a somber topic, but we want to kind of turn it out, turn it around, and, and make it a celebratory topic. Talking mm-hmm. about the passing of two great head coaches um, and and really personalities in the NFL, John Madden and uh, and Dan Reeves. I think we can go ahead and talk about Madden first, since he's probably the yeah. more notable of the two. What's funny is, you know, even for people, I'm I'm 24. Um, I know you're a tad bit older than me. Uh, I won't reveal your age. Though. 32. I'm 32. I'm 32. <laughs> but I feel like most people in our age bracket really, and obviously people younger than us, really only know of Madden through the video game, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, especially your generation. Yeah, exactly. And the crazy thing is, is, and I, I had known that he was a really good coach, but just looking into it more ever since his passing, Man, this dude was just an amazing coach. I mean, 12 seasons with the Raiders, I believe it was. Nine um, times he ended up making the AF, or the conference championship game. So, Never had a losing season. Yeah, I know, which is something that we've praised Mike Tomlin for, um, you know, for the past couple years, which I agree you should be praised for. But it's like Madden was right there. Um, you know, he was one of the guys who just ended up, I felt like, almost embodying – you know, almost outgrowing what the NFL symbol is, right? Like, you know, you know that uh, saying that they, I don't know if you know the saying that they have where they're like, uh, we don't want anyone to be bigger than the shield, you know, basically, Mm. you know, stuff like that, where I don't know if, I think that's kind of one of the unwritten rules of the NFL. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think Madden just naturally was able to be one of those guys who was bigger than the shield because he was able to do it in so many different facets as yep. far as, you know, coaching, him as an announcer, him as really just a mentor for guys across the league. So um, definitely, definitely <clears throat> heartfelt loss there. Uh, what do you have to say about it, boss? I, I know I kind of took up a lot, um, mm. but I know you'll, you'll find a way to, to check off something I didn't say. 
Yeah, man. So, I mean, listen to the podcast. You, you guys know my story. I came to the U.S. in 1999. And, uh, you know, I, I, like like three or four years later, like in about oh three or four, I just got tossed into like like regular classes, right? They kicked me out of Esau because my English was getting kind of good. And uh, kids didn't like to talk about soccer. Soccer wasn't popular in the United States. And I had to fit in somehow. And, you know, what, number one, the Madden football games taught me a lot about football, mm. you know. And one of the greatest joys, especially when I was learning about football, was watching Monday Night Football on ABC with John Madden and Al Michaels. And the way he explained the game and he made it fun. One of the biggest complaints that we have today with broadcasting, it's just so dumb. It, it, it's not fun. It, it, it's not necessarily informative. Uh, and, and John Madden, he, he, I don't know if he knew that he was kind of like clucky and he had, you know, go happy. But, but he was, he just brought energy to the game every time I watch him in the broadcasting booth. Um, yeah, man, I, I, a legend, dude. And, and I, I watch uh, almost half. I'm halfway through the the Madden um, special that they pushed out for Christmas. Man, what a dude, man. Yeah. What a dude. And his wife is also tough as nails. I'll tell you that. Vir Vir Virginia Madden, tough as nails, that lady. Nice. Yeah, I tell you, I haven't uh, quite gotten to the Madden doc yet. I got to oh, do I gotta do should. that, and then I got to do the uh, Man in the Arena. Those are two that I'm looking forward to. Have you have you gotten on Man in the Arena yet by any chance? Nah, I'm waiting for the offseason on that one. Yeah, I think, I think that's when I'm going to – I think I might take that uh, – Maybe I in that period in between the uh, in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, that'll be my time to maybe get up get up with those or something like that. But um, all right, boss. Yeah, moving on to another guy like we talked about, another legend, um, a guy who we both I think you know we talked about it briefly here a second ago. We mm -hmm. feel like probably should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, and yep. that's Dan Reeves, probably one of the most underrated coaches. Um, you know, you talked about a guy who went to the Super Bowl what four times it was. Total? Four times. Yeah, so uh, two different franchises, I believe, he took to the Super Bowl. Um, 201 career wins total. That's regular and postseason. Pretty sure there are only like nine nine coaches all time to do that. So not something that just happens all the time. Uh, Dan Reeves, what do you have to say about him, boss? Yeah, man, look, I, I also only caught him like towards the, the back end of his career. Um I, I know that's when the uh, the Atlanta Falcons kind of drafted Michael Vick. Yeah. Um, you, you know that old one season, kind of hard, right? Michael Vick was a a a, a, a different animal, and Atlanta kind of felt fell in bad in some bad times, and he got fired. But man, just looking at this guy's record, literally became a head coach and started head as a head coach in 1981, and this dude coached up all the way to old three. Uh, four Super Bowls, uh, countless others, uh, uh, playoffs, uh, and even winning seasons where he didn't make the playoffs. So, uh, not of course, not as big as John Madden, but you know, Dan Reeves, probably very underrated coach in, in NFL history. It's hard to coach for 22 years in the NFL, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he had a really, he had a really looking back on it, <clears throat> a really special run there from really '83 to about. 89 or 91 yep. depending um you know with that denver team where they ended up making it to 
what three Super Bowls in that era? Um, yeah, you know, six six playoff appearances total, four conference championships. So had a really dominant era there, and then was able to you know reinvent himself and and go into Atlanta and have a lot of success there. You know, really, you know, it's funny you look at it. That was more of a lightning in a bottle situation with them, where you know all of the other years he was there, basically they were a under five hundred team. But just that 1998 season, they just had it clicking. So, um, yep. And that's kind of a testament to coaching, though, right? Being able to, you know, like you said, take multiple. There's a reason why there aren't a lot of coaches who can take multiple teams um, to Super Bowls because usually it's just that one time where, you know, everything just goes right for you, that one team. And it wasn't that way with uh, with him. Hey, quick question. Trivia. Who, who was that starting quarterback for that, 90, for that Super Bowl with Atlanta? Uh, the dude's name was Chandler. I can't remember. I want to say his first name was, was it, uh, I, I have two names in my head, but I can't pick which one. I'm going to okay. say, I'm going to, I'm between Scott and Chris. I'm going to go with Scott. It's, it's Chris. It's Chris Chandler. God damn. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, never second guess yourself, guys. Chris was my first instinct. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Well, you, you you stumped me. You stumped me. You got me for the week, boss. You got Chandler. <laughs> I mean, shit. I know. I was like 50. Put it like this. If it were like a, like a test or something in school, I'd get some partial credit for showing my work, but nothing major. <laughs> nothing major. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Dan Reeves, a coach who I, we feel like Hall of Fame material. Um, yeah. It'll just be sad then. Like, it just sucks when the guy gets into the Hall of Fame, like, right after they died then. And it's mm-hmm. like, dang, you know, would it just been nice to be able to see them reflect on, you know, themselves and all that stuff. But it's all good. It's all good. We're here to celebrate them. Boss, moving on, though, we're going to talk about something uh, not as, as celebratory. That is Homer Corner. We're starting off with, and the only reason we're starting off with it is not just to get out of the way, but it's because it's the 1 o'clock window. The Tennessee Titans uh, and the Miami Dolphins squared off. Um, Tennessee ended up pulling out 34-3. to Boss, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, they ran up the score at the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where do I begin, Chad? So... I I realized that Tua is not the answer. He just cannot win the big ones. He is not special. He is somebody that you can win games when everything around them is perfect, right? People want to say, Tua is my QB, QB now. We need to build. Every time I fucking hear somebody tell me that they need to fucking build it on the quarterback, that means he's just not fucking good enough that he needs help. And that's what happened. What do we got, Chad? We got 18 for fucking 38. An interception. Could have been three. Uh, 205 yards. Oh, three fumbles. We got lucky and fucking recovered them all. But he whiffed on the ball. By complete whiff. Yeah, that one was bad. That one was bad. Uh, probably could have thrown another two interceptions. 
Hey, can, can I? Can I do? Can we play a real a quick game, Chad? And I'm sorry. You can tell me to shut the fuck up. No, no, I love I'm, games, I'm, so I'm good. You love games? I'm gonna give you three offensive lines and their PFF grades, courtesy of your PFF subscription. And I want you to tell me which one is the Dolphins one. And I'm gonna read them from left tackle to right tackle. Okay? Okay. I'm gonna give you three. So I don't know if you need a pen real quick or you want to write it down. No. All right. No, I, I got it all right here in my head. All right. 85, 64, 59, 49, 55. That's offensive line number one. Okay, real quick, I'm going to say I don't think that that could be the Dolphins because I don't think they would have a left tackle grade high at 84. Okay. Second one. Okay. 67, 65, 63, 56. 27. <laughs> Last one. Okay. 69, 46, 60, 75, and 75. As sad as that's going to say, B, I'm going to go with the second one. No, that's the Arizona Cardinals. Josh Jones is your 27. God. God. The third one is the Dolphins. It's actually the, the highest graded one. The first one is the Bengals. Yeah, I was going to so, say, yeah, that one made sense. So that was Jonah Williams. Yeah. So the Dolphins across the board play has higher averages per player as but, but it's the fucking offensive line, Chad! It's the fucking offensive line! The Kansas City Chiefs go fucking zero blitz on Joey B, and he's about to get hit, and he just drops a fucking dime outside the hash to Joe Burrow. I mean, to Jamar Chase. You think you think you think Bengals fans are out here fucking telling me it's the offensive line? <laughs> he Tua is not special. Joe Burrow is special. Kyler Murray is special. Aaron Rodgers is special. Joe Burrow won that fucking game. They were down 14 nothing. Chad. Joe Mixon only had 48 yards. But it's the fucking court. Chad, he had shit. And he played the number one team going into week 17. And he fucking throws for 440-something fucking yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. His offensive line stuck. Isaiah Prince was so bad, he was cut by the fucking Dolphins. He's our original fifth round trip pick from Ohio State for the Dolphins. And here we are. It's the, we need to build around them in what? So we can win 10, 11 games every year, but never win the big ones? Never fucking go to the North in December? The NFL did us a favor. We didn't have to go to Buffalo. We didn't have to go to New England in December. Fuck, we went to, we went to the fucking Jets. But they're going to get better at some point. But you're fucking telling me Tua's not the Tua is the fucking problem. He is limited. Very nice guy. But he's limited, Chad. He he's not he's not Joey Franchise. He's not Herbert. Oh, look what happened when you put a top five offensive line around Herbert. That dude was a fucking stud as a rookie by breaking the fucking touchdown record. We didn't even have a fucking chance yesterday, Chad. Same shit last week. Week 17. 
Buffalo Bills, win or go home. We didn't fucking go home, man. We got spanked all the way fucking home. It's fucking disgusting. Bill, Bill, Bill for what? For mediocrity? Bill for what? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 boss. I, um... I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm fucking tired of Tua. I want a new fucking quarterback. You won the fucking year three. Get your freaking year three. We're going to win 10, 12 games. It's, it's just a good football team. Uh, all right. All right. I, I, couple couple things. couple things. First, first, I just, I just want to say I think all of us, and this goes for all football fans, including myself, so I'm not picking on you, but I think in the moment, like right after something happens, when we're, you know, what, say 24 hours removed from the game, that's when we're kind of at our emotional worst. Um, I don't think two is necessarily as bad as what you're talking about because um, I, I think the thing is, I agree with you, right? He's a limited quarterback. and it, Is he and, special? Is he special? No, absolutely not. And that's where, and that's okay. where I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, he's one of those guys that you – 100% keep and build your franchise around. If you have an opportunity, you know, to upgrade to a Deshaun Watson, a Russell Wilson. Derek uh, Carr, please yeah, come if you're yeah. willing to come out. Even him. Yeah, I was going to say even Derek Carr, I think, would be a huge upgrade. But if you're able to get one of those guys, obviously that's something, you know, in the in the pricing you feel like is right, obviously that's something you do. The, the hope that I guess you have for Miami is, um, in, the, in the medium to short term, is if the roster, you know, continues to improve, um, I think then maybe they can get to be that playoff level team. I agree with what you're saying. You know, this is two years in a row where they've kind of been in a winner go home scenario. And, you know, like you said, the quarterback limitations have reared their ugly head both years. Um, but I think if you continue to build that team, because let's be honest, I think there have been points, while we have been impressed with their winning streak, I think there have definitely been points throughout the season where we've been questioning, you know, how talented is the roster really 1-53? to um, And you even hit on the offensive line and, you know, which is, I understand the point that you're saying about, you know, they're better. They shouldn't be the whole reason why you're feeling like the quarterback should be limited, which I agree with, because I think if you're a great quarterback, you're just going to be a great quarterback for the most part. But I do think that there are areas that, that the Dolphins clearly have to improve. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it sucks to say, yeah, you're, the ceiling of what your current of the current iteration of your franchise is like a first round and out playoff team. But there are a lot of teams that don't even have that right now. So I know it doesn't sound great no. coming from me, but that's just no. the reality of the fact that it's hard to get Chad. one of these franchise Chad. guys. <laughs> I hope I hope that we do this podcast for a long time. I really enjoy <laughs> I, it. I do too. Okay? I do too. So let me tell you something. You will never, you will never put Tua Tagovailoa above 15th or 16th in your in our pre-quarterback you know rankings every season. Absolutely. No. Absolutely never agree. you will. Absolutely agree. So and that's tough when you have a guy when there is a guy who is picked right after him who you know you can put you know in a, even a tier above that. For at least the next ten to fifteen years, probably. So might as well tough. give him give him a fucking contract extension now. But I'm sorry, Chad. There was a lot of frustration built in. No, um, hey man, it's okay. I, 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 I'm giving session. you the truth. I'm 
giving you the truth. He's not special. He's not franchise material. He's middle of the road. He's Ryan Tannehill. And actually, I fucking like Tannehill better than him, I think. So, at least he was bigger. He can take some hits. Yeah. You know? Think, and he I, was actually more athletic, too. So... Yeah, I was going to say, when it's the... I think the problem is when... And this is kind of what you're running into, I think, with Baker Mayfield as well. Is like, when you're a little yeah. bit smaller and you're not that dynamic athlete, that Kyler Murray type... Then your limit, then your size limitations really come out, and I think with both of those guys, especially when you're not a big arm guy either, you know, which I wouldn't say either of those guys are. That's a perfect segue, so, Kyler yeah, Murray. I, I, yeah, I know, <laughs> dude. First off, just for the record, before we even talk about the game, I just want to say this: uh, I, I, the worst thing that I heard all week that just wanted to make me throw up every time I heard it. Uh, and and it's probably the biggest disappointment and or the biggest reason why I'm disappointed we lost is mm-hmm. that people kept fucking saying that oh you know Kyler Murray actually owns AT and T Stadium right nine and zero in there nine and zero won high school championships in there he won the Big Twelve in there like oh fucking okay congrats hey he won the Big Twelve he won the Big fucking Twelve. In AT&T Stadium. Hey, congratulations, man. Fucking congrats. He won the Big 12 in there. So, and and now he's 2-0 there as a professional. Hey, Tell Chad. me to shut the fuck up, basically. Hey, Chad, you're pretty much a fucking failure if you're an Oklahoma quarterback and you don't win the Big 12 championship. Exactly, exactly. It just so happened that it was in AT&T Stadium that year. Like, fucking congrats. Okay, you're not special. Oh, man. You're not special for beating Iowa State or some shit like that. I'm not giving him credit for that. But, uh, but hey, at the end of the day, I have to eat crow because I thought he actually looked pretty good in spurts throughout yeah. this game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, was able to make some throws. I, I will say, made a, a his longest completion of the game was, uh, or I'm sorry, second longest completion of the game was the 42-yarder to A.J. Mm-hmm. Green. I thought on that throw, he kind of just threw it right to him. If he had let yep. him even a little bit, that could have been an easy touchdown, uh, which Dallas ended up getting off the field, uh, only giving up a field goal on that drive. So mm-hmm. could have ended up being crucial. Um, boss, I'm not going to go on a rant as passionate as you just because I don't think I have the energy right now, But uh, okay. it, which, is, which is what I give you credit for. Um, you always have that energy. But my, my thing is, so I, did you watch the game by any chance? I know I'm putting you on the spot. but did you I, I, I had to take a break. I watched the second half. Okay, so you saw that kind of fumble play that it came down to, right? Kind of the whole game came down to, in a way. The fumble play? Like right before the two-minute warning? Shit. Okay, so anyway, there's this fumble, Wait. maybe not fumble... I mean, from every angle I saw, it was 100% clearly a fumble that Dallas ended up recovering. Now, the problem is it was ruled down by contact on the field. And was Dallas that the Edwards had... fumble? Is that the Edwards yeah. fumble? Edmonds. Okay, yeah, yeah, Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. Ed Edmonds. Okay, yeah, I remember. I remember. And Dallas, for whatever fucking reason, doesn't have a timeout left because mm. this dumbass Mike McCarthy, A, Decided to take a timeout on a fourth down because he got outsmarted by Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is out there playing chess on Mike McCarthy's ass. Okay. Cliff fucking Kingsbury, a dude who I didn't even know if he could coach NFL games coming into this season. And he's coaching laps around fucking Mike McCarthy, making him look like a dumbass. And then for whatever reason, McCarthy 
after Arizona gets a big ass first down, just randomly mm-hmm. calls a time, just starts using his timeouts. With just like yeah, three, I didn't understand with, that. With just like three forty, and look, I don't want to be the the timeout guy, the you know the second guess, the timeout, and the coach situation because Dallas did plenty enough offensively, which I'm going to get to in a second to lose that game. Mm-hmm. But I just situations like that is you know, and I've told you the entire time is the coaching situation is one of the things that I just can't wrap my head around in putting this team in that contender category. Um, and then also in this game, I think a lot of Dallas's other weaknesses really showed up. One, the offense just really isn't consistent. I don't know what yeah. it is with Dak Prescott right now. He's missing wide open curl routes where he's not even hitting guys in the numbers. I mean, he's got, a, I told you, a patented uh, play action rollout bootleg that he's been running effectively since his rookie year. Almost looks like a mm-hmm. chore for him to throw now, you know? That little kind of not not even an over route, but it's more like that tight end just dragging across the field. That that mm-hmm. throw looks like a chore for him to make now sometimes, and it's just it it, it doesn't give me a good feeling at all. Um, and then defensively, you know, when while the Cowboys defense I think played good enough to win this game, mm-hmm. certainly, um, it's you don't really feel them enough as much when they're not able to create turnovers. You know, and I give Kyler mm. a lot of credit because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to come into this game, and I thought there was a chance that he was going to be turning the ball over, and he didn't do that. You know, Dallas. And I, and I, and I want to add that that last drive to ice the game was masterful yeah. by Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. He was. I mean, he was the star of you know all these people that people were talking about. You know, in this game, Kyler Murray was the best player on the field in that one, and and or on on the offense. And also, I want to give a shout yeah. out to. A guy from Arizona who I fully admit I criminally continue to underrate um, until I watch him defensively, and that's Buda Baker. I mean, Buda mm. Baker. There was like a stretch in the in the first half of the game where I swear he made about five plays in a row consecutively on a drive, and I'm just like, man, this dude is like all over the. I mean, he he's five eight. He was blitzing like crazy, getting his hands on passes, sacking Dak Prescott, making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He's He's the he's the real deal at the safety position, and I always, you know, forget about him except for when I watch him because he's all over the field. But uh, what did you see, boss? What did you see? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird. I, I I saw a Cardinals team that that kind of jumped to the early lead, right? Absolutely. But it wasn't like crazy bad, right? Like th- th- this game was still you know thirteen to seven at halftime, and that's when I kind of picked it up. I felt like. Dallas kind of had to abandon the run kind of earlier than they probably would have liked to have because they had to play catch up. Um, you're right. It's funny because like the, the the stats look very good for Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. Um, and I really thought they had a chance to win that game. Um, and it felt like they had the momentum, you know, in, in that late third, you know, fourth quarter. Sure. I, I just, I. I and this is where I talk about special quarterbacks, man. What Kyler Murray did to you in that last drive was just really impressive and kind of disappointing for the Cowboys, right? Like, hey, your offense is finally building momentum here, right? They score 15 points in the fourth quarter. Get the ball back. Yeah. Get the ball back. And they just couldn't, man. They were out. You know, Kyler Murray is running the ball. They're running the speed option. Um, Zach Ertz, man, making big catches when he really counts. Right. You I know said, what I'm I saying? Said when we broke Moving the, game the chains. Down, yes, when you we did. Broke it down, I said Ertz is a guy who we were going to have to cover. And, and J. Ron Curse, a guy who I've been praising all year, wasn't really able to contain him. Um, 
you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, look, I don't know. I, I, this doesn't really scare me or make me change my mind about the Cowboys. I think they're still a very good football team. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game with the Eagles on, on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. As both teams actually made the playoffs, but regardless, I think it's going to be a really good game. It should be a good game. I hope it's a good game. Yeah, interesting key. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, as you know, as you say, say, Eagles put like 12 or 14, like almost all starters um, on COVID today. But you want to win this game, right? You want to kind of win this game. I don't think you really met if it's. No, it's gonna get you already have home field advantage for at least the first game yeah i was gonna say i don't think yeah i mean because yeah. there's no chance we can get the number one seed um not anymore yep yeah so i mean yeah whatever and packers already happen. locked that in yeah i i would have really liked i've been saying it the whole time i would have just really liked to be that two seed that way you can get that first game against you know i mean depending on how it shakes out either philly or new orleans crazily enough but I just would have much rather. I got a question for you. First game, talk to me. Michael Gallup looks like he torn an ACL. How big is that going to be going forward? You know, the weird thing about it is, is ever since he came back, which is when I felt like I thought the offense was going to take off, is it's just been a weird mix of him, Amari Cooper, and CD all playing together. Where I think Mm -hmm. it's a situation almost like in basketball, where sometimes you can just have too many guys that need the ball. Um, okay. And then at the end of the day, it's really just one ball. I think Michael Gallup's a fantastic player, just for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those situations where now that he's out, I think it'll go back to, you know, CD and and, and Amari kind of getting their touches, and and really Dalton Schultz, who we've talked about, has emerged as one of the best tight ends in the league. Honestly, um, don't disrespect Cedric Wilson, man. Yeah, and no, and I was gonna say, and Cedric Wilson, who has had a lot of experience with it, because Gallup missed the first, well, not the first, but he got injured in that first game, and then missed seven games after that, I believe. But uh, Cedric Wilson stepped up a lot for us, you know, in the middle part of the season in the slot. Um, so I think he's a guy who, if he needs to step up for the rest of the year, I don't think our offense necessarily takes a huge drop with him. My biggest injury concern is how healthy is the offensive line going to be come playoff time, specifically Tyron Smith, who played but looked kind of limited going against Chandler Jones, who was able to get a couple holds and was able to disrupt some plays, um, you know, which I thought kind of affected Dak. It's okay, man. You guys yeah. are in the playoffs. I mean, that's the thing is I can't really complain because exactly like what I just told you not to complain about is kind of what I'm living right now. Um, so so I'm not going to be too, you know, like I said, Dallas hasn't made the playoffs in like three years. Um, we made it this year, so I'm happy. But at the same time, you know, I, I think we're still the same team that I thought we were, though. We're a tier two team in the NFC mm-hmm. where if we play out our best on our very best, then we can beat any team on any day. But it's a matter of actually playing to that. We don't have a large margin of room for error. Um, hey, let me tell you thing. something. I think there's only one tier one team in the NFC. I think everybody else is tier two. Who's just out of curiosity, and then we're gonna go to break real quick. Who's your tier yeah. one team in the NFC? It, it's just the Packers. Okay. Yeah, I feel because the Rams have been struggling. Uh, the Bucks are dis- disseminated. Uh, uh, you know, and then you have the Cowboys. So and, and the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more than I, I would. I would still put Tampa in there just because. Mm. I mean, I, if I've seen your core group do it before, I'm gonna default to you in a way that I wouldn't with other teams. Um, and then, 
I don't know. I feel like I would still look at the end of the day. As much as we might hate all these teams or whatever, or be unsure about them, there are going to be two or three of them that are still standing there at the very end. You know no. that we're going to actually have to accept, and I think the Rams are probably third most likely, at least out of that group. Um, but yeah, no. we're going to talk about. Um, that's about as positive as it's going to get, to be honest, on this podcast. On the other side, <laughs> we're going to be playing a game that uh, is, is not going to be very fun. All right, boss, like we said before the break, we're not going to play a very fun game, but it's one that we felt like was proper uh, for this episode because we're recording this. You know, now we're kind of in this in this world where we're recording Mondays and Tuesdays and, you know, beginning of the week. Um, We're not going to really know by the time our next podcast comes out next or by the time our podcast comes out next week, we'll kind of probably know which group of coaches are getting fired or which group of coaches are going to be safe for the most part. So we kind of wanted to play this game a week in advance of keep or sweep where we're going to be talking about a couple of different coaches and saying, hey, we bring them back for another year Mm -hmm. or sweep them right through the door. Um, So with that being said, boss, we're going to go in reverse order of record. Um, which is the fancy way I decided to put this together. Um, first team we're going to talk about, Houston Texans. David Cully, 4-12 so far this season. Um, what do you think of Cully, and do you think he's going to be back for year two with Houston? All right, Chad. Had, had there been a clear-cut number one you know, quarterback in next year's draft, or maybe two or three guys... Yeah. Maybe, right? Uh, maybe I, I would have thought they would get a fire. I'm sorry. Um, we talked about in the beginning, you know, before the season started, that how we thought that this was by far the worst team in football. Um, they're going through the whole Deshaun Watson drama. Uh, he felt slighted. He didn't want David Cully as a head coach. Or if he did or did not, they never consulted him. And then the whole allegations kind of blew up. This roster, man, they, they you know they tra- they they got they cut guys like Zach Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, JJ Watt is gone. Um. And then they 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 put the ultimate bridge guy in there in Tyrod Taylor. Um. <laughs> but you know they they were scrappy some games. Not every game, but I, I remember game like uh, the one against the Patriots. I, f- I felt they oh, played yeah. pretty well. Um, against the Dolphins, that could have been a toss-up. They just turned the ball over too much. Uh, even though they got their ass whooped yesterday by the by the 49ers. Um, that game was uh, close for about a quarter and a half. A qu- First half, right? Yeah, it, it was yeah. 7-3 and a half, right? Yeah. Um, they were leading. Let me tell you something, man. For a guy that has been shit upon so much, and it's so weird because you don't hear much about him because I think his personality is kind of quiet, um, or he doesn't have a lot of flavor, I say, why not and bring him back? I think you go and you draft the best available player. I don't think they're going to be able to... Where are they projected to draft right now, Chad? Do you know? Oh, you got to sure, pull up the producer. I'm pretty sure it's, right now. I'm pretty sure right now they're projected like third or fourth because they don't even have one of the two worst records. Yeah, they're third right now in draft. They're order. third, but they're third. Okay. Um. So 
it's kind of weird. I, 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 you know, take the best player available, have a good draft, and, and see where it goes. But from a from an organizational standpoint, uh, what are you gonna What are you doing by bringing somebody in, anyways? Like it's not it's not really gonna change. Are you Are you really gonna build a culture? Um, I I think they 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 roll with him, and see where it goes. They gave him a five year contract, so. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny. I thought, to to be honest, before this season, I thought he was one of the locks as far as guys who mm-hmm. was not going to be back for Me year too. two. I mean, you were, yeah, I was going to say, we were really both pushing, like, hey, he's going to be another, what was the uh, what was the Arizona coach that was one and done? Um, uh, Kimes, wasn't it? Steve, Steve, no, that's the no, GM. No, no, that was the GM. That was the GM. Uh, anyway, they had a coach. I don't remember who it was, but a couple years ago, that coach I remember. they had. Yeah, that coach they had who went one and done. Which Just like Josh Rosen, he was one and done that yeah, year with them, too. Yeah, exactly. So we're asking, you know, are the Texans going to be in that same boat? But, man, like you said, they've been scrappy a lot, right? And usually it's funny because you can kind of tell first half of the game, like, all right, you'll kind of be. It was. I'm sorry. Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, that's right, that's right. I knew his name was Steve. I couldn't remember the last name. Um, but, yeah, you can kind of tell where they're at in the first half. And the nice thing about them is is in the beginning of the year, they were playing good and scrappy when Tyrod was in there. Um, and then now at the end of the season, I think Davis Mills has, you know, let's be honest, if you're looking at all these rookie quarterbacks from just mm-hmm. from game one until now, you'd probably have him as the number two best, probably the second best rookie quarterback Yep. You know, if you have no previous knowledge about where guys were drafted and those biases and stuff like that. So I'm kind of right there with you, though. I think the Texans realize is this is going to be a lot slower of a rebuild than they kind of anticipated. And that's because of the lack of, you know, elite quarterback talent coming into the draft. Because, you know, as we talked about, not to bring the Dolphins back into it, but man, yeah. if you don't, if you're not able to get that elite quarterback, then you know the rebuild might be over. But it's not like the you know you're really prospering or anything like yep. that just by having a mid-tier type of guy. So um, I think they're going to continue to slow build it, like you said, just kind of improve the roster a little bit. Um, I still think that next year, you know, they can still be bad if there's a if there is does end up being a quarterback um, that they deem, you know, hey, we should. And that's the other thing about the NFL. I don't think NFL teams tank, you know, the same way yeah. maybe us as fans or even NBA people, um, you know, I'm a big NBA guy. I don't think they just tank the same way in football. And, and I bring it back to, you know, this might be – I hope this is the last time I mention the Dolphins, but that Dolphins team that was projected – I mean, was considered to have maybe the worst roster in the league a couple years ago. And what yeah. they win, boss? What was it, six, seven Five games? Okay, five yeah, games. Five games. So it was – you know, teams just don't tank, I don't think, in the NFL the way we realize or the way we think they do. But um, big picture, though, I think the Texans bring Cully back. I think he's exceeded expectations. I don't know how they've won four games this year. So, yeah. uh, you know, even with two of them being against the Jaguars. So uh, I don't know how they've won two other games besides that. So I say Cully's done a really good job. This, I mean, not really good. Let's not be ridiculous. But he's done a, a very yeah. good – I think he's done an admirable job this year. Um yeah, so I think he's safe for year one, um, boss. You're saying you're saying keep right, just to make sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, next guy we're talking about Matt Rule, a second year coach with the Panthers, ten and twenty two currently, five and eleven this season was five and eleven last year. Boss, I'm gonna go ahead and go first, man. I yeah. I officially 
you know, I, I hope they I, – I want them to keep Matt Rule for one more year um, because I think they're a classic case of how bad this quarterback play thing can actually affect what type of team you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they shoot, showed in those first three games in the beginning of the year. And, look, I know as we kind of got further away from it, we realized I think they played three of the worst teams in the entire league. Um, yep. <laughs> so uh, that kind of didn't really help the case. But needless to say, they started off 3-0 and because I think they were able to eliminate the quarterback from being a factor in those games. And the, yep. the thing is, is that healthy just, Christian McCaffrey as well. Yeah, exactly. And and sadly, the thing that we've learned is it's almost feels like both of those things aren't sustainable for this organization. Um, you know, more so the consistent quarterback or the the ability ability to eliminate the quarterback. Um, but look, here's the thing: I, I think they keep him at least one more year because you know that David Tepper ownership. I keep going back to this. That was the first move that he made. You know, that was his first hiring, and I think it's really hard as the owner, you know, the guy who's been successful with everything you've ever done, for your first major splash for you to be like, after two years, I'm cutting ties. Um, the one positive I will say for them is I think they that out of all these teams and all these guys that we're talking about, they are the most willing Um, whether through assets or money or picks or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I think they have the most willingness to go after that franchise-level quarterback, you know, Mm -hmm. or to go get a difference maker at the quarterback position more so than I think any of these other teams that we're really talking about. So I still think they keep uh, Matt Rule for another year, but what are you thinking, boss? Okay, boss. I, I, if it was me making the decision, I would not retain Matt Rule. Now, wow. I do have a question, right? Okay. Who who chose to go aggressive after Sam Darnold? Right? Who made that call? I, that was a Tepper move. It, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why Tepper will keep him because it's not like Matt Rule. If, if, if Matt Rule was not banging on the table for Sam Darnold, then he shouldn't pay the price, you know, for, you know, uh, putting all those assets into Sam Darnold in the first place. Correct. One thing that's going to hurt them, they don't have assets to give up for, for at least for this year, for a quarterback going forward, for a veteran quarterback. Um, David Tepper has also, he has to be careful with trying to give up all your future assets to get the guy now. Because if you reach, it's okay if you go get an Aaron Rodgers, Right or maybe a Russell Wilson, but if you're gonna reach for a guy that's iffy, it, it can backfire real bad. It's yeah. like this whole Sam Darnold thing. Like, don't um, go trade a high pick for Garoppolo. You know, don't right? Do that. You know, don't, don't give up two firsts for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's probably gonna be like if you dangle two firsts or a first and a third on the 49ers' face, they're gladly gonna take that pick from you. Oh yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't think they. I don't think you can even put up a first. Unless you know you're kind of getting a difference maker type of guy, or at least that level below. And and they have a lot of work to do, man. This offensive line is horrendous. Their pass blocking is just better than the Dolphins, and that's not a lot to say for the season. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, look, I don't... The problem problem with, with, with Matt Rule is this, man. He's going to have to show real progress without a real franchise quarterback next year. Yeah. I don't think they're going to find that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, you bring him back. I mean, you gave him a what, seven-year deal, but, um, yeah. 
You're gonna have yeah. a real tough football team. I, you know. <laughs> well, as as uh, as he said, it took Jay Z seven years. So, you know, maybe Matt Rowe <laughs> needs those full seven years. Um, also, another thing working against him though is he's another one of those college to the NFL guys who mm. just if it's that on the border, then the media people are just not gonna want to go with. Um, yep. I think more on the contract side is where they is where I think they could get you know more criticized and on some of these deals that I'm looking at for them because they their cap sheet's actually kind of bad for a team that's not really even good. They only have about 25 million dollars of cap space this offseason yep. with you know like you said pretty much a whole offensive line they need to they need to fix. Now I will say if if somebody is willing to take on McCaffrey's contract so you can get a real quarterback, just fucking give him away, man. Yeah, no, I would give him away too. The problem is, is even if, even if you trade him, you're still eating up a lot of money. You know, at least. But the problem, I guess, the the the, the if, if, if I'm getting the franchise quarterback, I'm okay. Oh, I'm I locking mean, up the franchise oh, quarterback. Oh, you're I'm saying okay. use McCaffrey? As, see, I don't even think McCaffrey would have the trade bait necessary to get you a franchise quarterback. And, and that and that's awful. Yeah, because you sunk so much money into him. Yeah, I mean he's making what? He's he I mean he's under contract for at least yeah, through twenty twenty six. You know? So he gave him a four year sixty four million dollar yep. deal. After we've known for five years not to give running backs these deals, but hey, uh <laughs> is what it is. Like I said, that's really more the part where I have a problem with them is on the deal side and the running the team side. But like I don't think that that's Matt Rule necessarily. But um all right, boss, next guy we're gonna move on to and this is an interesting one that you suggested, so I want you to Please take the lead mm-hmm. on this one. That is Pete Carroll, who in 13 mm. seasons is 128-81-1 with the Seahawks, including a 6-10 and record this year. Tell me what you would do with 70-year-old Pete Carroll moving forward. I would have sit down and look at Russell Wilson in the eye and be like, hey, man, do you want to make this work with Pete? If the answer is no, okay. Cool. Pete, you got to go. Look, man. It, we've seen regression in this team. Yeah. The defense just keeps getting worse. They made a desperate attempt, and they gave up a lot of assets to go get a safety that plays edge rusher and then gave him a lot of money. <laughs> Two first-round picks, that is. Uh, yes. For and a 72 million And a $72 million contract. Um. <laughs> Offense is weird. It's kind of old school, and but it's not effective. It's not like the run. I mean, last few weeks, hey, Rashad Penny finally woke the fuck up, right? Like, well, after, well, after to four, be, um, just, beating just, on bad teams, beating up I, on I, bad I, teams, thank right? You, thank you. I got you. That's all I wanted to up, say. Beating, beating up on bad teams. That offensive line looks pretty Be- good. Before the Seahawks hive starts calling him the next Barry Sanders, I just wanted to get that out of the way too. Um. I, I wish they wouldn't fire him, Chad, but I feel like if Russell Wilson refuses to return, uh, if if Pete Carroll is there, um, then they have a real issue. So that's why I don't think he gets fired on, on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, but he could get fired sometime during the playoffs, or he would resign. I think it would be great if he just resigned. So, so what I'm... 
and, and this is, I guess, the part where I guess we differ is, is okay. there, do you feel like this Russell Wilson angst that he has slash, you know, whatever, do you think that's kind of tied to Pete Carroll? Or yes. Is this, oh, really? Yes. Okay. From everything that I've been reading and hearing, he does not, he, him and, and Russell kind of disagree on, on the philosophy of the offense. Pete Carroll still wants to run the ball, protect the football, play it safe. Um, you know, the reason the, their offensive coordinator this year, I think, is a Sean, is a Sean McVay guy. That was Russell Wilson pushing for this guy and not working out. Now, it's all it's all about gonna be Shane, how Shane Waldron, by the way. Shane Waldron, thank you, Chad. Um, it's all about how ownership wants to play this out. Do you want to keep the dinosaur or do you want to, you know, you know, go with Russell Wilson? Would you give him an extension? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it must be for a reason that his name is connected to a move along with Aaron Rodgers this season, this offseason. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I love Pete Carroll, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a real high energy guy, super smart, shady as fuck for all the stuff that he did at USC. But maybe it's time to move on. Maybe a defensive coordinator somewhere. Kind of a Wade Phillips kind of thing. Oh, you think he would do that? No. Yeah. He would just retire right into the sunset. He wouldn't do it. I think Pete is too much of a control freak for him to be answering to someone else. And I don't even think that's a criticism of him. I just think, you know, once you've won a Super Bowl as a coach and you've been and you were a great college coach as well, it's kind of hard for anyone to tell you anything. Um, I think in his How about mind. you? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I think, first off, uh, one thing that we have to factor in um, mm-hmm. is is the ownership situation with them to begin with, right? They were owned by Paul mm-hmm. Allen. Obviously, he ended up dying. Uh, so now his wife is kind of running both the Seattle Seahawks as well as the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. um, organization. Did not so, know that. So, yeah, so I think the the thing is, is I think when you have really an ownership situation where this isn't someone who's like the passionate owner of the team, I think you always have to look at what's the boring route going to be. And to me, the boring route is, hey, we try and keep this group together um, unless to me, I think Pete and Russ are tied together is what I'm saying more so Mm. than I think they are uh, mutually exclusive. I think if, mm. if Russ decides to come back next year, I think Pete Carroll will be the coach. I think if Russell Wilson does not decide to come back next season, then I think that Pete Carroll will no longer be the coach. So, And I'm, I think I'm perfectly fine with that because let's be honest, if you're Carroll, and I kind of mentioned on purpose that he's 70, but if you're him, you don't want anything to do with the rebuild. You know, Like we said, he's won a Super Bowl. He's, he's a coach that carries himself a certain way. He doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild You know, looking for that next quarterback. So... Um, if it were can, me, can pers- uh-huh, oh, go ahead. ahead. If it were me, I was just gonna say, if it were me personally, I would actually look to trade Russell Wilson. So therefore, that means I would get rid of Pete Carroll if it were my choice. Um, but mm-hmm. that's just me. But what was your question? And another Russ? thing, that's weird. Don't you think it's weird the way they draft every year? I mean, that's another they, shit that just rubs them the wrong way in that organization. They haven't drafted a guy that I've liked in the first round in maybe seven years. You know, and I'm not even saying that to say, like, they end up being bad players. It's just like, I mean, Jordan Brooks two years ago, L.J. Collier a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, hell, Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny. Yeah, when they took him in the first. So it's just like, yeah, these puzzling situations or these puzzling guys. And, and then you look up and it's like, well, no wonder the team is, you know, reliant completely on this one quarterback. Um, by the way, I think, I think uh, Russell Wilson found his groove. I'm back in on Russell Wilson because he was wearing the gloves. Um, mm. He was wearing two gloves that had, like, cut out on the inside of him so he could still feel the ball. I had never seen that before. Um, but he was wearing those in that Detroit win where they ended up putting up 50. So um, I'm back in on Russell Wilson career-wise. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, boss, let's move on to another coach, uh, veteran, veteran head coach, and that's Ron Rivera. Um mm-hmm. From Washington, twelve and twenty in two seasons. There, six and ten this year was six and ten last year, which was actually good enough. I'm sorry, he was seven and nine. He was seven and nine last year, um, which was good enough to get him into the uh, yeah, one day in the NFC East last yeah, year. Yes, won the, <laughs> the NFC East. Uh, and then there are people who were saying, shout out to Greeny, uh, who was saying that they were going to end up making the playoffs and winning the NFC East this year. Uh, fucking, mm. fucking dumbass. But uh, <laughs> I think if I, first off, I, I just think Washington to me, they I, th- I think they have the see, I was I, I want to ask you this question. Do you yeah, think they have, do you think they have the worst ownership situation in the league? Yes. They're, okay. looking for, they're looking for stability. They're not moving on. Go ahead. The, the only reason and I can't think of off the top of my head which teams I guess I would say maybe Houston I would counter would be the worst because they have all the same culture issues the only difference is is actually Washington has shown a propensity to spend money the problem is they've Mm. just spent it horribly on free agents over the past I mean 10 to 15 years to be honest but um it's just because it you know the, Shout out Landon Collins. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, and Albert Hainsworth, the real OG of that. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go back that far. I yeah. didn't know if you still remember that, but okay. Oh come on, man. Of course, of course I do. That deal was horrible. But uh, the, um, you know, when you look at these coaching decisions, I think so much of it is based on what are your realistic options, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're an undesirable place like Washington. I don't yep. know what your realistic options are because you don't have an appealing roster, really. I mean, you, you would have thought the defense maybe a year ago, the defense has been terrible or was for about half of the year. Then they kind of turned it around a little um, for a small stretch. They have no quarterback that you're really looking to be excited about building around. They're not, they don't have a dominant offensive line or anything like that. So I don't think that, you know, this is a team that really gets you excited. That being said, though, I, I just – I just don't want to see Rivera coaching this team, really. Like, I don't – I just don't want to see one of those coaches that, like – and this is almost more so for Rivera out of respect for him more so than it is out of Washington. But I would just be happy if he just was like, you know what, I'm kind of done. Because um, I just don't think he's been able to establish the culture that he wants in Washington clearly uh, through, through the first two seasons. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard – to establish a culture when there's just so much off the field shenanigans within yeah. the franchise, right? Um, I thought he did a really good job last year as far as just kind of writing the ship. Um, the thing is, is like you said, 
the quarterback position is just so tough in the NFL, and they just don't have their answer. Like, literally, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick to run this offense this year, right? Uh, that shouldn't give you the warm and fuzzies. Uh, Tyler Heineke, it's just so eh, right? And, I mean, what do you do? Are you going to draft a, a quarterback this year in the first round? It, 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 you're going to roll that dice? And, I don't know, man, but... For the sake of stability, for the sake of also not creating uh, controversial headlines, they'll just keep him. It's just easier to keep him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's going to be up to him whether he wants to go or not. Because maybe, just maybe, there's a there's an opportunity out there that pops up, and he might be like, you know what, you know, uh, can I break my contract? Can you guys fire me? But then this is the type of ownership who wouldn't fucking let him go off his contract if he wants out. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And also, I just really don't think Rivera's at that level anymore where someone is, like, trying to poach him off another team. Like, another team's trying to poach him off Washington. I'll be honest. Um, but like a, lot, said, a, lot of guys, a lot of guys might get fired this year, so. No, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a guy who uh, I think should get swept and should get fired, uh, and I hate to say it, but I'm just going to. I'm just going to give my stance immediately. Um, that's Vic Fangio. Mm. I I just th- – this whole Denver thing, I, one, I think that he is an older coach and they're not a team that's really ready to win now by any means. And I don't think he's really established. Really? I don't. You don't like that roster? Uh, I mean, I like their secondary. Ooh. And outside of that, I mean, I'm not super excited about – any of the front seven defensive pieces. I mean, Bradley Chubb, I guess, I'm excited about. But I don't know. I guess you're you're talking about it like you're saying they're they're one quarterback away, which I don't think I've, is – I don't which I've, I don't think I've, they are. I think they are. I think they are. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I might have to – I might have to reassess them. So, so you're it's saying – so how does that factor into what you're thinking they should do then, boss? Oh, they should sweep him because the biggest problem with him, you can't figure out the quarterback shit. And honestly, you, you, you when you were hired, people were saying the only reason you got hired is because finally it was time for you to get hired as a coach. You deserved it. You did a long time as a coordinator. Uh, you know, you deserve to get a head coaching job. That's the worst kind of compliment. I've been here long enough, so I, I deserve to finally get a chance. Um <laughs> The offense is kind of boring, man. And, and there are limitations with Teddy Bridgewater. From everything that I've been reading, they're going to bring back Teddy Bridgewater and try to make it work within the confines of, you know, work with what they have. They have talent, right? Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy to me is, a, is very talented. Now, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, low-key, really good receiver. Yeah, All I guys like that are that. injured this year. No offense. Offensive line, Garrett Bowles is a pretty good, you know, I, I would put him in a top 10 tackle in the NFL. Uh, I, I like Lloyd Questionberry. So, oh, Quinn Menneris also playing really well at that guard yeah, position. Right the guard rookie. Them. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- the thing is, if, if you don't love the front seven, I think that can be, like, changed, right? You, you can improve the front seven. But what they really need is just a fucking quarterback or somebody that can figure out that quarterback position. And I also want to add, they have a, ton, a, a, a pretty good chunk of, of uh, cap space this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and, and as far as free agents, I mean, Kyle Fuller is not really even getting on the field. 
that's one of their, their their top free agents. Melvin Gordon, you can let him walk away, even though he's doing a pretty good job as far as as a complimentary. But the guys that they're missing, that they're going to go into free agency, they can replace those guys. Um, their core is there. But Vic, you got your three years, buddy. You didn't make the playoffs. You got to go. Something's not working. We got to figure out what that is. Yep. No, absolutely right there with you, boss. Now, so moving on, boss, into the, well, second to last coach, I guess, that we're going to talk about is that's going to be Mike Zimmer uh, for the Vikings. 66-50-1 in seven seasons so far, 7-9 and nine this season. Um, lost just did you? How much of that Sunday night game did you end up watching? Just out of curiosity, I, I didn't watch any of it because you told me Kellen Mond wasn't starting. That looked like the coldest game of all time. Like literally, like the guys in the announcing booth. Anytime they took a breath, it was just you could see all the you could see the fog and all the the cold coming right off of their breath, and it was ugh, did not look did not look fun. Um, just looks so cold. So that was my big takeaway from that game. But um, <laughs> so, boss, I'm glad you talked about Kellen Mond. So they asked Zimmer. I can't remember yeah. if this was. I think this was today they asked him if you were going to see Kellen Mond because, you know, Cousins was out with COVID. And then now the Vikings are officially out of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really have nothing to play for in week 18. They said, one of the announcers asked Zimmer today, or yeah, they said, do you want to see Kellen Mond? And Zimmer, without missing a beat, responds, not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Without missing a beat. I mean, easily late late push for moment of the season, in my opinion. Honestly, because when I saw that, I was laughing. Oh, my God. I just kept laughing. That joke was hilarious. Um, but I think, to me, the sad thing is is that's why you kind of have to let Zimmer go because mm-hmm. he he's one of those guys who just wants to squeeze every ounce out of whatever team he has or what he thinks is every ounce out of whatever team he has. And to me, Minnesota just has clear limitations. You're paying Cousins $45 million against the cap next season, fully yep. guaranteed. That's going to eat into the fact that you don't have a very good team. Because you're still waiting, you're still looking for a difference maker at quarterback. And by the way, you're paying a guy forty-five million dollars to know he's not the difference maker, which is. And, and you know what's scary? You know what's like, <laughs> like the funniest thing of this all, is after next season, and people have been complaining about it for like five years. Kirk Cousins is still going to get paid by somebody after next season. Like someone <laughs> is going to give Kirk Cousins some money, a good amount of money, for like two or three years. And we're going to lose our minds again. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that happen. But yeah, to me, Zimmer, I just think he has to go. I think Minnesota has to go into rebuild. I think if you can get something for Cousins, great. If not, to me, I just think you cut him or, or whatever. You just have to kind of start moving in that next direction to me. Because they're not even, okay. like when we were talking about what Miami could be or, you know, with that first-round playoff ceiling or whatever, Minnesota's like on the other side of that. You know, they've already hit their ceiling, which was that, and now they're kind of below that. So they just need to kind of start moving things quickly. Yeah, they, they kind of hit their peak, um, that, that mediocrity peak where you kind of make the playoffs. They had a nice win against the Saints a few years ago. I remember that game. Um, 
and you know the the, the miracle with <laughs> uh, uh, remember that miracle play with Stephon oh oh Stephon Diggs uh, yeah many I guess the Saints miracle. as well yeah Minnesota, yeah, the Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> um you know Chad sometimes it happens in the NFL it's not that you're terrible but if you're just mediocre or you're, you know you're gonna get fired and. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings have been mediocre for a while now. It, it, granted, I will say that this is not a bad job to have. You know? Eh. You, 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 I mean, you just got to, like, fucking work with Kirk Cousins, who fucking threw for 30 touchdowns already this year. It's I, I so mean, funny look, how statistically he's if, good, right? Oh but there's a, lot, there's a lot to work in this roster, I think. Look, you still got Jefferson. You still got Dalvin Cook. Uh, you still got the Neil Hunter. Uh, and honestly, at least Zimmer has built a culture of toughness in that football. Like, this team is never completely out of a football game. They always like to hang around. Except yeah. this Packers game. I know they got their ass whooped. <laughs> yeah, but but it's Sean, it was Sean Mannion starting. You know? So, uh, I, I it, it, if Mike Zimmer was younger, I think he would have found a rebound. The thing is, he's 65 years old. Yeah. At that point, man, you're not learning anything new. You're not adapting to anything new. You're just an old guy who has kept your job. But I'm not going to lie. I, 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 it's one of those, like, shit, I don't want to see you go. Because it, it's not bad, Chad. It's just not good enough. I'm going to say this. I think in the offseason, Mike Zimmer gets hired to be the defensive coordinator of the Chargers. Not a bad place to land. Yeah, because I think, you know, you were kind of spelling that era for Pete Carroll. I think Mike Zimmer is like a step below to where I think it's actually realistic that he would take a coordinator job on a good team, you know. So I think Mike is an NFL guy. He understands the game. Exactly, exactly. So, and I still think he can do a serviceable job as a defensive coordinator, but I just don't think he's the CEO of of an organization really anymore. He he lasted for a long time there, man. Yeah, it kind of feels a little bit um, Jason Garrett-ish. A little little Mm. bit of Jason Garrett-like, but in the Minnesota, which is funny, of course, because uh, Mike Zimmer got his coaching start with Dallas, so shout-out to him. Uh, Last coach we're going to talk about, boss, kind of, well, really two guys. First, real quick. A guy we didn't mention, but Matt Nagy, um, to me, all reports are he's getting fired. Would you yep. agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's why we kind of didn't really mention him. Um, you think he – well, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I don't I don't think he's going to be a hot commodity. He'll be the OC somewhere. He'll be the OC somewhere. Yeah. Maybe he'll go back and be the Chiefs OC once the enemy gets a head coaching job. The enemy's not getting a head coaching job. Well, I don't know. Um, and then the other guy we're going to talk about, Joe Judge. The Giants said that that he, him and Daniel Jones were both safe. However, now I'm hearing reports that, uh, and I heard this today, that the Giants are keen on hiring a new GM. And if the new GM wants to change coaches, then they would really value that, whatever that means. Um, so I think they're talking out of both sides of their butt there. What are you seeing, though, boss? What do you think about – personally, after that rant that he made on Sunday, after those comments that he made on Sunday alone, um, I would not bring him back. Did you watch any of that game by any chance? No, I just know that Mike Lennon went 4 for 11 for 24 yards because and I was like, why are they throwing the ball? <laughs> I was going to say the best 
because I was kind of watching it, and I was like, man, this is going to be – this team is losing by four touchdowns and is, like, running the ball twice. And they're like – after the game, I heard that someone interviewed Saquon talking about, oh, it felt good to get 100 yards back on the same field where I injured my knee. And I'm like, really? This is the point of the season we're at for the Giants? Where it's just like, let's just play cheerleader and make sure Saquon gets 100 yards? I mean, fuck, they're – the other team's playing fucking three down linemen because you're down three touchdowns and you're still deciding to run for fucking four yards right up the middle. Congratulations. Man, so. uh, dump, dumpster fire. I don't think you should be back. I I, I, I hope I hope that Gettleman gets fired. Uh, I hope they do their due diligence um, in, in hiring the next uh, you know GM and coach. To me, the New York Giants have were by far the 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 biggest underperformers of the year based on what they have on paper and how they perform this is by far the most underwoman performance that i saw this year mm, dang yeah usually when you win or even when you're in the running for that job or for that award you're probably not making it to the next year but the giants as we said a team that refuses to you know accept change and 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 become adaptive to change so who knows? Knowing them, it, it would be their prerogative to just keep them around for another year. Um, boss, you hope think, so, as a Cowboys oh, oh, fan. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, hey, I have, you're not going to hear any complaints from me. That's for damn sure. Um, boss, we kind of hit a whole bunch of stuff today around the league. Going to be coming back later this week for some big Week 18 predictions uh, as we're rolling around in the playoff season. So really excited about that. Guys, we hope you guys are continuing to follow us and, and you know, like and subscribe and getting the word out for us. Remember, if there are any topics that you guys want us to talk about, you can find us in our email. Jonathan does a great job on the Twitter. I think you've got every Dolphins Twitter personality following us at this moment. So we got one team down. We got 31 more to go. I'll admit I could probably do some more on the Cowboys end. But, you know, we've all got our shortcomings. Um, Guys, with that being said, we hope you all continue to enjoy yourselves and stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Ciao.